Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, the fan. La. From the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Other side of the glass, AR Adam Roberts. He's Sparky Fiber with you. Coming up, we're going to check back in with our guy, Jacob Morley from the Packer Report. He does a great draft guide. Uh, also with 24-7 Sports, obviously. And uh, looking forward to talking some more NFL draft. I, I'm just going to apologize ahead of time to y'all. Uh, because I love the NFL draft. Like, it's... It's literally one of my favorite times of the year. Um, and with the Packers having so many draft picks, like I can't get enough, right? And I, by the way, those of you that are tweeting me uh, your mock drafts that you're doing, uh, I appreciate it. Continue to tweet me your mock drafts. I love looking how different people view um, the Packers' needs and wants throughout it. I think, now I know there's, doesn't pro football focus, I believe they have a mock draft simulator or whatever else. The pro football network one, is the one that I've dabbled with uh, once so far. I'm sure I'll dabble with it uh, again as we go closer and closer. And the reason I like that one is it gives you trades, right? So if you're on the clock at, like, say, 22 or whatever, you'll have, like, three trade offers from three different teams. And then you have to to make the judgment of, you know, do I accept the trade offer or decline the trade offer? Accept, decline, accept, decline. Uh, and it goes all the way through that way. It's just amazing. I, I just... I think it's very cool. Now, how realistic are the trade offers? Would those trade offers actually, you know, be a realistic to what somebody may offer you draft pick compensation wise and so forth? I have no idea. I didn't do research to see how realistic these trade offers are. Um, but I do like it. I love doing mock drafts. Big fan. And in fact, I didn't realize that there are WNBA mock drafts. I got ESPN on here in the studio and on the bottom line, they were showing somebody. I don't know who the person is. Somebody's WNBA mock draft. Uh, and where they have different players going for the WNBA. So clearly, if there's a draft, there's a mock draft somewhere. Just like the amateur draft in baseball. Always talk with Jim Callis and those guys over at MLB Pipeline. Love talking about that. The NBA draft, big fan of that. Uh, so I apologize. We will definitely be doing NFL draft stuff on this show and probably the big show um, going forward between now and the 28th. And to that point, uh, Jacob Morley is going to come on and talk some more uh, NFL draft as we kind of whittle down here. Uh, available options for this Brewers or for this Packers team, I should say, as we get closer to the draft. I want to start talking a little bit about the NBA. And um, last week, uh, we got into what Adam Silver had said about wanting more stars to play. Remember, I think, was that Friday show that we did that? I think it was Friday show we had that conversation about how to get stars to play more, possibly shortening the schedule, um, and doing all of this stuff. And the other thing that he talked about was this in-season tournament idea. And I, for one, um, was vehemently opposed to it. 
just, uh, you know, based on his idea of this whole thing and how is it going to work to where these guys are going to care about it? Like, what's the point? Like, what's the nugget or what's the cherry or whatever you want to say that you're dangling for somebody to want to go play hard for, to play to get? That seeding is going to matter. Like, what does it get me? Does it get me a bye to the conference championship in the playoffs? Like, that's something worth playing for. Okay, I get down with you on that, right? I, I buy all the way. So if I'm a 500 team, but I win that tournament, even though I probably would have been the eight seed, now i am got home court advantage in the conference finals. That would be something that these teams are going to play hard for and go all out for. That kind of made sense. You've got this play-in tournament that's happening in the NBA now here in the next few days. Um, and, and again, if they're not series, you know, Brooklyn doesn't get their, their first round opponent for three games. They got to play one game, you know, win and you move on, lose, you got to play another game. And that's kind of how this whole thing goes. I heard Adam Silver having a conversation with Kevin Garnett about this whole in-game tournament idea. And I watched the video on Twitter. I had Adam put the audio uh, in for us so we can play it right now. I'm gonna, I want you to listen to this because it's very interesting where this concept and idea came from. Very interesting where this concept and idea came from. Check out Adam Silver talking to Kevin Garnett about this in-game tournament that I think is going to happen. He seems pretty hell-bent on getting this thing done at some point here in the next couple of years. Listen to how he thinks this is all going to play out. It's given us permission to talk about some other innovative ideas. One of them we're talking about right now is an in-season tournament. And I would say they're taking a page from European soccer. They have, you know, club competitions. Like Champions League. Champions League, exactly, where um, you have clubs from other leagues playing each other. But even within a league, you have separate cups, sometimes multiple cups. Now, what we're trying to do here is we don't want to take anything away from the Larry O'Brien trophy. You know, you have one. That's what it's all about at the end of the day, winning a championship. But we don't see any reason why there can't be something else you play for as well. And so we're experimenting with this notion that in season, maybe there are some games that count for cup cup competition, but are also count for regular season standings. And then you get down to maybe the final eight teams, and then they play a single elimination tournament. And talk about innovation. You know, in the All-Star game the last few years, it was Chris Paul's idea. We've been using that so-called Elam ending where there's a target score yes, in order to win. Yes, yes. Like maybe we'll change up these games a little bit and use score. a target score. Wow. What draws fans in, in particular, I mean, there are you know passionate fans like yourself who want to see preseason, want to see regular season. They're looking for different things at all times. But then there's a casual fan that wants a game of consequence. And I'm take college basketball. No doubt there are a lot of fans who aren't paying that much attention to college regular season. Come the tournament, mm. they're all in. Right. Another group of fans. Final four, right. I'm in. Oh, it's the championship game Monday night. Everybody in. Yeah, they could play the song at the end. <laughs> like, I'm like, Check now I'm a big fan. Yeah, so right. now I think here, to me, it, it, tradition, new traditions aren't created overnight because right. some people said to me, well, who's going to care? Who wins that? I said, okay, well, that's, that's not going to happen maybe the first time around. You know, will there be incentives to win? Sure. It's a business. Mm, yeah. You know, there could be financial incentives yeah. too. And, in the cup at the end of the day. Right. You win, you you win know, the trophy. And, and I think that not a substitute for winning the Larry O'Brien trophy, but I call it the Stern Cup after David Stern, oh, for example. I, I, I'd love to find a way, other ways to honor him, but let's say it were the Stern Cup. I think it could, we could create a new tradition mm, that could be really special in this league. Idea. All right, so there's David Stern. So th- this is where I'm at on this. So he's taking it from soccer, okay? So they're going to take a soccer deal um, and kind of merge it into basketball. And so many of you get all upset at me and Bart or Toby Altizer or anybody else if we want to talk soccer. Oh, nobody cares about soccer. Uh, Everywhere else in the world, sure, but not here. Don't talk about soccer. Okay, fine. But now the commissioner of the NBA is saying he wants to do what what soccer does. And he wants to have kind of like multiple leagues maybe going on and, and multiple type deals going on throughout the course of a season that leads to this, you know, play in tournament or this tournament mid season. I mean, if you're going to do that, that, that's fine. But 
one thing has to be crystal clear here. You're going to have to have enough money, I think, from a title sponsor to make it worth the winning team's time. Just does. So if that's every player on the winning team gets an additional $10 million, or every team on the winning team gets an additional $5 million or whatever, whoever the, the headline is going to be, uh, title sponsor, because, you know, let's say it's going to be called the, the Wendy's, uh, you know, cup or whatever you're going to call it uh, at the end of the day, then you're going to have to get enough money from Wendy's to cover however much money you're going to pay out to the winning team. And Kevin Garnett, oh, well, you know, can I have a trophy? Well, okay, fine. But I, I don't think everybody's going to get up for a trophy. They're all going to get up if there's more money involved. That's part of the reason and part of the problem with, say, the Pro Bowl. These guys aren't playing for enough money for it to matter to them. It's just not enough. That's why that Pro Bowl is a disaster. The NBA All-Star Game is an exhibition, for the most part, until about the fourth quarter. Then guys start playing hard. But again, that's one quarter more than you get in the NFL. Major League Baseball, I don't know. Major League Baseball, it's hard to um, lollygag or not try hard or whatever the case be and be in baseball because you still got to swing the bat. You still got to throw your pitches, right? Now, again, from time to time, may somebody groove one or whatever back in the day before this thing didn't mean much. Sure, maybe that was happening a, a little bit more. But now, with the way it's set up, you know, you probably get more of a game for Major League Baseball than you do from the other two. No question. Now, I prefer the NBA All-Star game more because I like the highlight dunks and all the crazy stuff that happens in those games. I I enjoy watching that. But to have an in-season tournament, to me, that's tough. That's just, that's tough. I think what I'd rather have, I think I'd rather have a kickoff tournament. I think I'd rather have a season start with whatever this is going to be that you're going to have and do it that way. Now, the reason that they won't do it that way, because then you're not going to have being able to have seedings and all this other stuff. Because based on silver talking, not all teams are going to be in this in-season tournament. It sounds like, you know, maybe there'll be eight teams in the tournament or uh, 12 teams or something like that, that not all teams are going to be in. If you're going to make it like a Champions League, not all NBA teams will play in this tournament. Only a select few that deserve to be in it. So maybe it's... I don't know, the division, the, the the top two teams from every division maybe uh, make it, or maybe it's the top eight records in all of the NBA. Maybe that's the way you go. Top eight or top 10 records uh, in the NBA make it, um, and then they go into a tournament bracket-style play, uh, and then it's single elimination, and then, again, however much money is, uh, is out there to be had. Are people going to watch it? Um, I think people would watch it. Uh, more than likely, because you're going to then have, you know, some possible finals previews. Maybe you're going to get Bucks Suns. Maybe you're going to get Nets uh, and Golden State if you think Golden State's really good, or whoever the teams may be. They're all going to be top level matches playing for something, and you're not going to have the bottom feeder teams necessarily in it. So if you're not good enough, they're not going to send you out there into this tournament to waste everybody's time. If he does it that way, I think maybe there's more to it, but I still think. At the end of the day, the financial aspect of this is going to have to be really good. And in a shocking development, Christian Yelich grounds out. I'm shocked. Uh, okay, coming up next, we're going to talk with Jacob Morley from Packer Report. And uh, talk about his draft guide that they've got going on uh, over there. They've been doing one for the Chiefs for a while. Um, and now uh, him and his crew are doing one for Green Bay as well. So we'll talk about that and uh, try and narrow down uh, kind of the Packers, what they're looking for at 22 um, in the first round versus what they're looking at maybe if they wait to the second round and how much really difference in value truly is there between first and second round. We'll do that. Coming up next here, Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan brought to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Affordable family fun. Check them out today. Milwaukee 
uh, admirals.com. Just such a great time going to Admirals games. I'm telling you, your kids will absolutely love it. I mean, think about it. If you've never been to one, let me try and give you this in perspective. Um, first off, uh, it's kind of like going to a minor league baseball game as far as stuff going on, you know, in dead periods, stuff going on in between intermissions uh, and stuff like that. And they have a kid's zone where you can take pictures like inside of a, a goalie helmet and all these different things that you and your kids can do while at the Admirals game on top of all the great uh, local food vendors that they have there. Uh, the different concession stands and so forth. I mean, they've got Sazes in the house. Uh, who doesn't want Sazes every time they go somewhere, right? So uh, that's just one of many great food vendors they have over there at Panther Arena. So again, great, affordable family fun. Check them out, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Joining us now in the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, we had him on a week or two ago from Packer Report, 24-7 Sports, draft analyst Jacob Morley. Jake, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Sparky. Uh, first things first. So people that want to get your your draft guide here, the 2022 uh, draft guide, they can just go to your Twitter account, essentially, uh, at Jacob Morley, and you have the link pinned there for how they can get it, right? I'm going to retweet it right now myself. Yep, yep. You can head over to my Twitter page, do that. It actually so it released today. Um, so you follow that link, and you can go down, you know, pay your 8 bucks or whatever it is and download it and have it right now. And again, eight bucks is nothing compared to what you're going to get. The other thing about this is it's it's kind of a team specific draft guide versus some of these other guys that you know you have your draft guides from all these different websites, and it's you know the same draft guide for everybody. Yours is a little bit more team specific with the Packers, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go over to it and you'll see, you know, it's it is geared specifically towards the Packers. You know, we look at. Uh, the history of what uh, Goody has done since he's been here in Green Bay, and kind of try to, you know, put those put all the players through a certain, you know, kind of filters and kind of target specifically who they might like, who we think they're going to like, and if they do like them and end up in Green Bay, specifically how we think they're going to fit with the team. You know, when we start talking about how this all works, uh, there's a a a thing in here it says Packer people top 300 checklist and a green box means threshold met a yellow box means close Packers may be willing to bend the rule and a red box means that would be considered an outlier uh, for the Packers explain what that all means yeah so that's basically just looking at each position and going back you know Brian Gutenkunz has talked about it he's talked about how they follow specific models when they are looking at specific positional groups like wide receiver is is the hot topic for everybody you know that goes all the way back to ron wolf like what he liked they like a specific style of receiver they like the bigger type of guy that can that can run that's going to be able to block that can play on the outside they they tend to veer away from uh the smaller type receiver now how they went that road in the past like of course but when we try to kind of sift through it and, and, and really pinpoint what they're going to be looking at, there are athletic thresholds that we, that we look through. So if you get the guide, every single top 300 player that we have, you can look through it and you can sift through it yourself. You know, greens across the board, that's a good thing. That probably means that is someone that the Packers really like. I mean, a good example of this already is uh, Gregory Jr. and Josh Thompson are two corners two late round corners that the Packers have spoken with. And you go and look through that, that thresholds list. Both guys are green across the board. So it, it kind of validates, you know, they are looking for a specific body type. Um, there are guys like I know national media guys, especially really like to mock draft Jahan Dotson from Penn state, yes. the wide receiver to green Bay. Yep. But you talk to anyone that really follows this Packers team, and he just re- he really doesn't check any box for this team. Um, could they bend the rules for him if they just love that kid? Hey, of course they could. They can always pick. So him, I've got a question on him. I got a, speaking, I, I've got a question on him. Go ahead. So yeah. what's the difference between? I mean, one, he's obviously a lot faster, but like compare and contrast how Cobb works and he doesn't. I think that's kind of the deal. Well, one, he's smaller. Cobb Cobb was drafted at one ninety. I think Dotson was like 178, and you might be saying, well, that's only 12 pounds different. Yeah, but that's kind of, you know, where they where they draw the line in the sand. But uh, to your point, that's if they were to pick him, that's kind of where he would play is, is in the slot in Green Bay. And you already have Cobb. You just spent a top 100 pick on Amari Rogers last year. So 
I think that kind of goes in with it, you know, not to mention that he doesn't meet the threshold that they've kind of liked in the past. It's, it's a lot, a lot of, you know, you know, positional value and opportunity cost even where are you going to take a slot receiver in the first round when you already have two other guys that uh, you think can play that slot. So I think a lot of that goes into why, you know, like a national media guy might be like, Hey, he's a receiver. The Packers need a receiver, right? Boom. There you go. But you might look at it closer and kind of get it under the microscope and say, well, they don't need, they don't need that type of receiver. If, you know, if that makes any sense at all, but uh, it's just kind of what they've done. All right, so we had Charles Davis on from NFL Network uh, last week, and we were talking to him about the draft. Um, and I said to him, I, it doesn't appear to me, um, and I'm not a draft expert like you, obviously, but it doesn't appear to me that there is that can't-miss guy at the top like there was in, say, Julio Jones coming out of Alabama. It doesn't appear there's that guy. So in my world, how I view it is, I'm not wanting to trade up for any wide receiver per se because I don't know how much of a difference there really is between that guy you're going to trade up to 15 for versus somebody you stay at 22 to 28, 29 in that area versus even if you wait to say the second round and draft a wide receiver there. Like, where are the level breakdowns and separation points, you know, from, you know, group A to group B to group C? Yeah, and I think you look at this draft, and I think it's pretty comparable to the 2019 wide receiver class where uh, there was a lot of players that you like, a lot of good players, you know, and that's that's the Debo draft, the DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and Hollywood Brown was actually the first receiver taken in that class. And that's a great – that's you know, to your point, that's a great example of, hey, is there a major difference in Hollywood Brown going in the 20s between, you know, DK midway through the second round? Uh, it's – it's just kind of how the wide receiver position is. So, you know, I'm with you. I If they're going to trade up for a receiver, you know, Goody, you better really believe in that guy because you're 100% right. There's not a Julio Jones in this draft class. You know, the two guys that get thrown around is kind of that top 15 type guy or Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State and Drake London out of USC. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I know the NFL loves him. Um, I didn't love his film, but I, I do know that the NFL loves that kid and they, they – they think he's Stephon Diggs, basically. And so if you get that, sure. Like, if you want to trade up for that guy uh, and you think he can be that guy, you know, great. Um, Drake London is more of a Packers-type guy because he's got the bigger body. But, you know, is there, a, is there a major difference between Drake London and George Pickens, who's probably going to be there for them? I don't think so. And so I'm with you. I, if, if you want to keep those four top 60 picks like they have right now, don't trade up. You know, and I think a lot of people have kind of gotten really, really bent on, hey, you need to go up and get Chris Olave because we think he's ready to play right now. Yep, and, and I agree now, with that. Right. Yep, and I, I agree with that. I think Chris Olave could come in and be a thousand yard receiver right now. Um, but I, I also think there are other guys like I, George Pickens. If you look through the guide, he's our wide receiver one. We love George Pickens' game. Uh, he's a guy that kind of has flown under the radar until kind of recently. People have kind of started to prop him up a little bit, and I think that's because people are going back and, and looking at his freshman year tape where he's an 18-year-old kid just absolutely tearing up the SEC. Uh, he didn't really progress the way I think he would have wanted to. Some of that's injury-related, but he's another guy. If you could get him at 22 or 28 or, heck, maybe even in the second round, who knows? Uh, he's, a, I think, a, a kid that can come in and play right away. Uh, John Mechie, the third, is, is another kid that Alabama. I think can come in and play right away. Yep. Alabama kid, he does have the ACL issue where, you know, that has to be factored in as well. Can he can he, can he he play right away? You know, when's he going to be ready? So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that factors in. And, and if you follow this team and you follow the Packers, they haven't taken a wide receiver since 2002, Javon Walker, and that is for a reason. They just kind of – they don't build their team that way. They rely – on being able to find these receivers in the second round. And they've been really, really good at it. So if the Packers, you know, Sparky, if they don't take a receiver in the first round of the draft, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of panic going well, on in Green Bay. But this is the thing. So we're doing a draft we're doing a draft show that night. Gary Ellerson, the former Packer and Badger running back and myself. Um, I don't want him to take a wide receiver in the first round. Leroy Butler, he doesn't want him to take a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, my reasoning is, is multiple. One uh, Goody doesn't have a good track record of drafting wide receivers. So let's start there. Um, so that that right there, I don't want to burn a first round pick if he does not good at evaluating the position to begin with. Uh, secondly, 
I think going forward, once Aaron Rodgers is done here in the next two or three years, you're going to have to build around defense and running the football while whoever the young quarterback is that you're going to build around uh, comes about here. So you have multiple opportunities to whether it be get a defensive lineman, whether it be get an edge rusher, even if you want to go to the offensive tackle for right tackle uh, or do something along the line to help protect the future quarterback or help the running game. Like to me, those are all priorities. If this draft is as deep as they say at wide receiver that, you know, Charles Davis, I think he said he thought they could get starters maybe all the way into the fifth round of this draft with how deep this wide receiver class is. Then I don't know necessarily if you have to, go into this going, I have to get a wide receiver in the first round no matter what. I just think that's a that's a, a bad place to be mentally as a GM going into a draft. I agree. And I think there's a saying that's kind of been going around. It there's there's no such thing as a bad wide receiver draft class anymore. Just with the way youth sports is set up, the way, you know, high school teams are basically running these pretty elaborate spread offenses, not to mention the the seven on seven camps that are everywhere. Uh those guys are just, there's always going to be guys in the draft. And I think you, you know, we could go down the road of look at some of the good teams this year, the Packers, the Chiefs, what they do with their receivers. They didn't want to pay them. They, they got rid of them because they didn't want to have them taking up, you know, X amount of money on the salary cap. And I think there is a little bit of a theory that's starting to develop of we can just get these guys on rookie contracts because there's so many good ones. Now, are there great ones like Devontae Adams? No, like obviously not, but you can get good players at good value in the draft. And, you know, that's how the Packers have built their team for a long, long time. They don't really take guys in the first round. Now, the only thing I would say is they don't, they don't take wide receivers with their first pick. So is that going to change now, now that they have two first round picks? Could they be more willing to say, you know what, we got, we got our front seven guy, you know, the, the, quote-unquote, real football players that play up in the trenches. We got the big guy. Now maybe we will go down that road at 28. Or maybe they will just kick the can down the road to round two and and get a guy that, honestly, is probably similar in value to who they would have gotten at 22 or 28. Because, like you said earlier, yeah, after, you know, even – and I'm not even of the mind that there is. And I think you agree that there's not a far and away Julio Jones. Correct. Receiver one through ten – is there that much of a difference? I don't think so. So if you really like, you know, six guys, seven guys, then then yeah, you wait on them till the second round. Now, the only other thing I would say is if you do look at that threshold list, there's three guys that kind of check all the boxes at, at the wide receiver position. Um, so if they if they are really going to stay true to that, like they have in the past, then they might have some type of pre- pressure or feel some type of way to go get their guy at 28. But, you know, if they're willing to bend those rules a little bit and be a little bit more lenient, there are guys. There are going to be guys that can come in and play right away in the second round. There are two guys I want you to tell me who you like better, one or the other. Compare and contrast, do what you want. But these are two guys that I know Packers Twitter, both uh, both of these guys they're fans of, uh, back and forth. And if either one of these guys get drafted, I think in the first round, majority of Packer fans will be happy. Traylon Burks and Christian Watson. Those are the two names I think a lot of Packer fans want if given their options of who they want, you know, providing the Olaves and, and so forth aren't there at the bottom of the first round. What do you think about those two guys? Um, I would I would err on the side of Watson just because of the athletic ability. Uh, Traylon when you watch Traylon, I, I think he could be – I think, first of all, I think both those guys could be an absolute star in this offense. Um, and, and a lot of that is because uh, Matt LaFleur, in that style of offense, it's a lot of crossers, it's a lot of rub routes, it's not a lot of having to actually be a phenomenal route runner to get open. A lot of it is scheme. Um, and Traylon doesn't really run routes. If you go back and watch his Arkansas tape, a lot of his touches are manufactured touches. Um, and he's an absolute beast in the SEC. Uh, I think he would be a lot of fun in this offense for the Packers. So don't get me wrong. If he was, if he ended up being a Packer, I, I would be very, very fine with that. Uh, but I look at Christian Watson and I see a kid who uh, does a lot of the same stuff that Traylon Burks does. And, you know, he did it at a lower level in the FCS. But what a lot of people don't understand about North Dakota State is that's a program that they throw the ball 250 times a year. And then they just mash people into the ground and play defense. So his, he was never going to have the numbers that, that you see in some of these other guys. But what I think you see with him is just just untapped potential. There was a, an FCS coach talking about Christian Watson that, 
and I quote, said, this is the best player we've had to scheme against since Randy Moss. And that's that's high praise, right? I mean, obviously, and I'm not saying Christian Watson's going to be Randy Moss, but he does have that type of athletic ability to someday be that true wide receiver one that has no holes in his game. I think with Traylon Burks, could he be a star in this offense? Absolutely. But he's never, in my opinion, going to be the route runner that you might want him to be. Christian Watson at the Senior Bowl, what you saw from him, uh, quite frankly, shocked me. After watching his tape and then seeing the type of flexibility he had in his hips, knees, and ankles to kind of run some of those routes and at that big you know, 6'4 body, the flexibility that he has in his body, you see, you look at a guy like that and you say, man, there's, there's really nothing he's not going to be able to do at the next level. And not to mention Christian Watson was an all American kick returner. Yes, he was at North Dakota state. Sure was. So that's something else. I think you plug him in right away. He he can, you know, he can contribute to the team right there. I think he can do a lot of the manufactured stuff that Burks could do. I just think he's a better athlete than him. I think he, uh, might might fit into this offense even a little bit more. Talking with uh, Jake Morley here on the Wendy's Big Show, twenty four seven Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Go download his draft guide right now. It's like eight bucks. It's pinned to the top of his Twitter profile. Go check it out. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have him on more between now and the draft. I, one last one for you: school size, competition. How much does that factor into how you uh, view a player and where to take said player? Because you're talking about a guy now in Watson that isn't from, like you said, one of those big power five schools. Yeah, it's not something you just ignore, obviously. And you like to see guys dominate in the SEC. Like, I love that about Traylon Burks. That's, you know, you go back to George Pickens, too. That kid dominated at the age of 18 in the SEC. That's That's a big deal to me. But there are good FCS players in the national football league. There always has been, there always will be like those guys can come in and develop. I think it's more just kind of go back to the immediate impact versus, you know, the three to five year trajectory. And I think with Watson, the stuff you always have to look at with these smaller school guys is, okay, is he a, is he a phenomenal athlete or is he a phenomenal or is he an okay athlete playing against FCS talent? I think in Watson's case, he checked that box with no, he's not just a good athlete at that level. He's a good athlete full stop. And I think that's something you have to factor in. Um, and, you know, the other thing is North Dakota state is it's an FCS school, but man, that's, that's an FCS powerhouse. They've won nine in the last 11 FCS championships. So that's not a school that he is, you know, not seeing good competition. They play, you know, division one schools almost on a, a yearly basis. And, you know, you like to see them go through the circuit as well with the combine and then the senior bowl. You know, Christian Watson was was voted by the defensive backs at the senior bowl. So guys that played at those quote unquote big schools, they voted him the best wide receiver there. Meaning, hey, this is the this is the hardest kid we had to guard all week. You know, so that's the stuff you have to factor in as you go through it. Um, and it, it's a risk. And you know, the draft is such a crapshoot, anyways. And you want to mitigate risk as much as you can. So it's not something you just completely ignore, but I think if the guy can check all the boxes that you want him to check, I think that's something you kind of you kind of put on the back burner and say, you know what, he's probably just someone that slipped through the cracks. Check out his draft guide. It's really, really good. Uh, I've been paging through it and going through it uh, today. He was nice enough to send me a link to it uh, earlier. It is amazing. Check it out, the Green Bay Draft Guide. All you have to do is go to at Jacob Morley, uh, on Twitter, it's pinned to the top of his uh, Twitter profile. It's like eight bucks, something like that. More than worth it. Download it, and you'll be all set for draft night uh, coming up on Thursday night, the twenty eighth. And it's three days of draft. Uh, and again, more than worth it to download it and follow along. Jacob, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Sparky. You betcha. Take care. There he is, uh, Jake Morley. Follow him at Jacob Morley twenty four seven Sports and the Packer Report on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. He is very good uh, at what he does. Uh, coming up next, uh, I want to play you um, something from Giannis from last week that slipped through the cracks. I apologize. Um, uh, some him talking uh, after um, one of the games last week, and it's really, really good. You know, Giannis um, is a guy that. How should I put this? That if you if you 
put the TV on in a post-game presser and your kids are watching it, sometimes it's going to be a great teaching lesson. Sometimes there's going to be educational value in what Giannis is saying about life uh, after a game. And it doesn't happen every game, but there are times where you're like, dang, this dude has it figured out. Like, I hope my kids are like him, that they get life, like he gets life. And there was another one of those moments uh, that I want to play for you. Coming up next here, Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan. Presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals, affordable family fun. Check them out, milwaukeeadmirals.com. That is the best way to do that. Uh, wanted you to listen to something here from Giannis. And again, I apologize. I missed it last week. So you can just uh, be like, Sparky, I heard that last week. Okay, fine. Maybe you did. Um, but but I, but I want you uh, to hear this uh, from Giannis. It's just a random post game. And um, again, more life lessons. The dude just kind of gets it. Uh, at this point. And I don't know necessarily in my time, I'm, I'm 45. I, I don't know if in my time we've had another athlete in the state. Um, that's like him that like goes out of his way, uh, to kind of just open up his heart and open up who he is and kind of give you his life views on how he kind of approaches things a day-to-day in situations and so forth and kind of lets you into his world, into his brain as far as how he thinks. I, I don't know if we've had another guy like that. Now, again, uh, you know, you've got Brett Favre. You know, he would ramble through press conferences and so forth, but it was never really any teaching moments per se. Um, Rogers, um, he tells you what's, what you should believe, regardless if you believe it or not, and tells you why he's right and you're wrong. Um, so I don't think that's really what we're looking for either. Um but there's just something different uh, about Giannis uh, and what you can take from Giannis. So here, here's the latest one uh, from last week. I feel like we don't talk much about you being in contention for the scoring champion. And I think that's because of you, because we know what you care about. You care about the team. You care about health. Your priorities are otherwise. And I know that you wouldn't change your style of play, but do you track that at all? Is that one of the, not at all, not a little, not, you don't ask anybody, you don't look. No. No, he holds you back. Like, he, he holds you back. I really believe in this. You don't get to your full potential when you worry about the wrong things. You know, and I'm really, I'm obsessed with basketball. I really want to be the best that I can be. And, you know, I, I've I've showed it times and times that I'm about that. I'm not about scoring champ. I can care less. You know, I'm not about... Uh, MVP, I can care less. You know, I just want to be the best player that I can be. And whatever that takes me, I'm okay with that, you know. So if I keep worrying about if I can win the, the scoring champ and uh, who I've done it in the past and who I'm in, 
no, 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 no. It takes me away from the goals that I really want to achieve. So I don't for, but I know a lot of people follow it. You know, I know, I know probably my teammates follow it or my brother follow it, but I try to close my social media, throw all those distractions away and just focusing how can I tomorrow, today, how can I get better? How can I read my, who, how can I make free throws? How can I improve my jump shot? How can I be a better teammate? How can I be stronger, more explosive? How can I make good decisions? How can I enjoy the game? How can I focus on myself without being selfish? Just, you know, focus on myself by making the good decision for myself and my teammates. How can I be in the moment and don't worry about the future? Like, those are the things that allow me to reach my full potential. And those are the things I worry about every single day, not scoring champ, MVPs, Boston that we just played. No, we got, we got Detroit tomorrow. That type of stuff is teachable moment for the kids, right? Live in the moment. Don't worry about stuff outside of that, right? So... If you miss a shot in a basketball game, take your next shot, right? If you have a bad game, don't worry about that. Worry about the game you're playing right now. Uh, if you have a bad at bat in the baseball game, don't worry about it. Focus on the at bat you're currently in right now. Don't let that kind of, you know, eat at you or whatever the case may be. Don't worry about big picture stuff. Worry about being in the moment, being in the present uh, as far as what's going on. And it's a lot of times what you hear from different people about as far as enjoy life, Right? It's not guaranteed. It's not. It could be gone tomorrow. You got no no idea what's coming next. No clue. So while you're here, enjoy it and live every day to the fullest. It's easier said than done. Obviously, I understand that. Uh, but but Giannis really truly um, has kind of had that mindset for a long time, and obviously it's benefiting him. Hey, baseball going on right now, and still lots of basketball to watch as well. Play sketch all the action while playing your own indoor games. Skew Club of Wisconsin, plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room and sell down awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or cuteclubofwi.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Cube Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Coming up next, we'll check in with Rami Makloff. The Rami Show is coming up here at 3 o'clock. We'll talk to him right here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with Rami Makloff, is here as well. Sorry. I, I turned off my mic to clear my throat, oh, and you see, turned it back on. I turned on. it on because yeah. I thought I didn't turn it on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, other side of the glass, AR Adam Robertson, a great job as executive producer, as always. Uh, Adrian Hauser has himself in trouble. Base is loaded. Ooh. Bottom of the second, couple of outs. Tyrone Taylor made a great leaping catch. Uh, into the wall back in the first inning. Uh, and now the Brewers are struggling. Christian Yelich with another ground up. Shocker, I know. Um, Taylor did have a double uh, today, so he's had a really good game from what I've been looking up at least. So, yeah. Uh, your thoughts, I guess, Rami, uh, on the weekend? Because, I mean, you're going against the Brewers game, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure how much Brewers you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on Brewers-Cubs from over the weekend? Cubs take two out of three? Um, one thing I observed, Sparky, is Brewers fans are not going to have patience for Christian Yelich this year. Very good. I noticed that very quickly. Could have told you that before. On the opening day yep. when I was filling in for Tim on the postgame show. And Do you know how bad it is? It's so bad that Tim Allen had a highlight when he was doing the postgame to start mm-hmm. about, oh, we got to talk about that big double by Christian Yelich. Mm-hmm. Christian Yelich was doing Christian Yelich things that wouldn't even have been mentioned. Uh, Yelich, two for four on the day with a double. Mm-hmm. That would have been it. Yeah. But the dude made solid contact finally, mm-hmm. and it's, hey, breaking news, he makes solid contact. It shouldn't be a big deal. But what it is is, you're just grasping at straws, hoping this turns it around. Maybe that double will get him back to where he was or somewhere halfway close to where he was. I know he'll never be an MVP again, probably. But just something. Hey, he comes up today, yeah, grounder to the right side. It's the same old thing. I, I don't Again, nothing looks different to me. Like, everything he's doing at the plate looks the same as it has that, that it did last year. So I, I don't know what they worked on, what they changed. And a lot of times it's my new changes, right? You kind of change your hands just a little bit here and change your foot a little bit here. And just that little change could really kind of mm-hmm. just change everything for you. So maybe there are changes and to the bare eye, I can't see them. But 
golly, man, it's frustrating watching this dude play baseball right now. Man. And something else, Tyrone Taylor, he should be playing every day. I mean, I, whether it's here or somewhere else, he should be playing every day. He should be. And he's not going to play every day here, obviously. But he's ready. I mean, he can hit. He can play defense. He can kind of do everything you want him to do. You know, he doesn't have the power necessarily of 30 or 40 home runs. But he can still do everything you want. And just like that, the Brewers are down 2 to nothing. Two-run score. On a two-run RBI base hit. Here we go again. Okay, uh, Rami Makhlouf, so what did you take away other than the Yelich thing? Also, and I talked about this with Will Salmon a little bit on opening day Eve. Who was who? Who hit that? Oh, I don't know who any Orioles are. You're asking the wrong guy. We don't Uh Because we don't need to know who any Orioles are. So What do you mean, we? I mean, you do Chicago sports talk radio. You talk about the Cubs and the White Sox. Yeah, baseball fans. Baseball fans in general. If you're not an Orioles fan, you don't need to know who any of the Orioles are. I want to know if that was Cedric Mullins. I got him in fantasy. Really bad baseball team. Was that a really bad baseball? I just want to know if it was Mullins because I got Mullins in fantasy. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it might have been. I think so. Not sure. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Ar is not helping either. Ar, do you know who it was yet? No, he still doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. It was, in fact, Mullins. Oh, oh right. Nice. There you go. That was fantasy. my fantasy team. A little fantasy score. Well, at least if we're going to lose, at least my fantasy team can benefit. I talked with Will Salmon about this on opening day Eve, which is, man, I don't know that you can expect, and I'm not saying panic about Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff in their first outings of the season. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I don't know that you can expect the pitching to be as good as it was last year and to carry the load in winning baseball games that it did last year. And and this offense, like you said, if Christian Yelich is a lot of the same, then other than Andrew McCutcheon, this offense is a lot of the same. No, then it goes to Kesson Hero. Kesson Hero can true. bail this team out if true. he can be what he was his first year when he got called That's up. That's true. He can bail him out. Now, again, I haven't seen that yet since the regular season started. Um, but if he can get going offensively, that would help a tremendous amount. But you get the three home runs yesterday, and what do you know? You win a baseball game, and we're going to start to Same hear. Old we're going to and we're going to start to hear. They need to play more small ball. They need more guys that can get on base. They can't win without a home run, and that's the. The the solution is not that. The solution is you need more guys that can hit home runs and get and 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 but, and hit for power. But isn't that what the NFL is now? Like the NBA is about making three pointers and taking an yes. absurd amount. Yeah. And the NFL is Doug Melvin baseball now. The NFL is strikeout or hit a home you mean run. Major League Baseball. You keep saying NFL. Oh, sorry. That's major okay. League Baseball is essentially Doug Melvin baseball. Doug Melvin came up with this to begin with. This was all Doug Melvin. Doug Melvin was the guy that said, I want plus power across all positions. And it doesn't That's all have to be home runs, but you need you need doubles, yes. you need extra base hits, you need you need slug, man. And strikeouts don't matter for a lot of people. It's so, not that they don't matter. They don't as matter as much as we thought back in the day. You, if you're striking out more than anybody, like like the Brewers were, more than I think everybody but one team yeah. last year, that's a problem. You know what I mean? If you're striking out more than anybody, that's that's a problem because they're not they're never productive outs, and sometimes you do need productive outs. It's just not the frequency with which you needed them back in the day to move a guy along. You right. know what I mean? Yep. It's just that that's not there anymore, but. The more the more frequently that you do strike out, the more frequently that guys are going to step to the plate and strike out in spots where you just need them to make contact. You know what I mean? Which Those you fi- don't get. Which you don't get. That's right. And you don't have a lineup of guys that get on base enough and just move from station to station to prof- score runs consistently. The professional hitters. Yes. Uh, does not really exist on this team, per yeah. se. Colton Wong maybe is one of them, but there's not many. Uh, all right, so what do you got coming up? We're going to talk about that. We're going to open up talking about some bucks. I thought it was just a peculiar choice to sit out the starters for the final game of the season. They don't want to play the Nets in the first round. How See, peculiar I don't, was I can't, it? I can't believe that that, that would be it. Do you I, agree the Bucks resting players to avoid the NBA? I saw that on Nets? Twitter, and I can't believe that that would be it. What else reason be- is it? I don't know. Somebody tweeted at me, oh, okay, it was just rushing players, Sparky. Hey, dude, they could not play it against the Pistons on Friday. That game meant jack squat, too. Oh, by the way, think about this. There's a week in between games. They played yesterday. They don't play to Easter. Don't give me the resting guys. They had a week. And if you're so worried about Giannis getting hurt or whatever, then why did he play against the Pistons? This was a team decision. They had a team meeting at the end of last week, but talked about it, to determine what they wanted to do for the last two games. So this was a team decision. They decided to play against Detroit and not play there, except for Drew Holiday, who had to get his money. But outside of him, yeah, that, that's what it was. So fine. You get the Nets in the second round. And I think, to be honest with you, I think part of the, that that locker room is hoping the Celtics beat them, so they ain't got to deal with them. 
I think the that, Celtics have been pretty tough on the Bucks this year too. Well, the Celtics didn't have Tatum or Horford the last time they faced. I think them. whoever comes out of that series will be the toughest matchup for the Bucks in the playoffs. If it's the Nets, yes. If it's the Celtics, I still think the Heat are going to be a problem. I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't worry mm, about the Heat. Mm. I, I worry a little bit about the 76ers, but not really because James Harden looks old and slow. But oh, I don't worry about the 76ers at all. The no, Heat, no, no. I don't worry about. Yeah, no, I don't worry about Philly. I, I worry about the Heat because they're going to be physical. And depending on what happens in that second series, because do you agree that the Bulls probably aren't going to put in much oh, of a fight yeah. here? No. Okay. So then the second round, <laughs> if it's the Nets, then it's going to be a physical series. We know it's going to be physical. And if Miami is sitting there waiting, you know, w- w- waiting for a street fight, because that's what they're going to try and make this into to, mm-hmm. to win the series, you know, they got to be ready for that. And I. The physicality is is going to be the thing that's going to concern me. The last year, I'm not going to say they got lucky, but they got fortunate where Philly was knocked out by Atlanta. Atlanta wasn't the most physical team in the whole wide world. So after you went through that knockout, drag down brawl, then you got them. Phoenix, they're not physical. So it all worked out in the end. Realistically, it's probably going to be Bucks and Suns. Again, I, in the finals. I was listening to our sister station, um, 670 Score, down in Chicago today, talking about this series. And Rick Camp, who produces their midday show and hosts their Bulls postgame show, he had, I don't, I don't, I was driving, so I couldn't like, I couldn't like take down a note. So I don't know exactly which graphic or exactly which metric we're going by here, but according to cleaning the glass, when, and they take out like garbage minutes and all that, I'm trying to see if he put it out there in a tweet and I don't see anything. The Bulls are maybe the worst six seed in the history of the NBA. Like, despite what the record might say, the Bulls might be the worst six seed in the history of the NBA. This is four, maybe five games max. And the Bulls haven't beat the Bucks in a series since, what, 20, or haven't beat the Bucks period, since 2017? Yeah, it's been a while. And the Bucks beat them all four times this year. And the last two times they beat the Bulls were by a significant amount. The first two games were closer this year. Yeah, this is going to be a quick season. Then Caruso got hurt, and the next two games after that weren't close. You know, when the Bulls were good earlier in the year, but they're hurt. People were like, "Oh, this Bulls Levine's, team." Levina's hurt. Lonzo Ball got hurt and yeah, taken yeah. out. That killed them. They really, if you think about it, they really haven't been healthy for a long stretch at any point this season. No, they haven't. They haven't. They haven't. I mean, I'll I'm not making that. excuses for the Bulls, but if they were at full strength all year, and if this is what it was, I'd be like, okay, well, maybe they're not as good as I thought. I think they would have been even better than what they are had they been healthy all year. I do. I mean, you can look at me cross-eyed all you want. I, I think they really would have been. I think they would have been a top four seed for sure. And even though I never did believe in them, it was in the back of my mind like, man, if this is a Bulls team with like championship aspirations and they play the Bucks in a series, what is your boy gonna do? No, they're like, not what? championship aspirations. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm off that hook. But but like, I think they could have. <laughs> but I think they could have been contending for a home court against somebody in the first round. Yeah, where they wouldn't they have got, had the if Bucks. They got, if they got the four seed, yes. maybe they win a series. They would have had a chance to be a four and have a chance to get through a round. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.